Welcome back to Sticky Standards, Episode 12, A Perfect Dozen. Sticky Standards. Professional learning that sticks. Welcome to this edition of Sticky Standards. I'm Dana Richardson, and I am so pleased to have Stephanie Hirsch, Executive Director of Learning Forward, to visit with us today. Stephanie has uh, worked so hard on the professional learning standards. These standards were approved by the Kansas Board of Education last year, and we want to talk about those today. Welcome, Stephanie. Thanks, Dana. Nice to be here. Thank you, Stephanie. We have been doing podcasts and a website around the new professional learning standards. We've called it Sticky Standards. We uh, have explored each of them, and now we are trying to go deeper. And we want to look into the big picture, the underneath part of what we must know and be able to do. I know you have lived these standards. What are you finding are the principles and the beliefs people have to support professional learning for all of our educators? Well, I think one of the things I'm finding out is that people espouse beliefs and principles regarding the importance of standards and regarding the importance of professional learning, and yet too frequently the actions don't are not aligned mm -hmm. um, to those principles and beliefs. And I think at times that is really the disappointing part of our work. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's easy to to look at the standards and say, yes, I agree, that's important. I think the bigger challenge is to say, yes, I agree, and my work will represent those standards at all times. Do you think it is because change is just so hard? What are the core beliefs as you have been working with people across our state and across the nation? Well, let's respond to the first part about why actions don't align okay. to espouse beliefs. And is it because um, change is so challenging? And, and I think the kinds of changes that are called for uh, in the standards uh, are, are definitely very challenging. I think uh, there's, you know, how Michael Fullen talks about the power of inertia, that even when we make a small change, you know, we can be drawn back into the status quo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think people are overwhelmed by the day-to-day -day challenges that they have in front of them. And if they um, and are not given the time to think about how to truly make the changes and transform professional learning in a way that it will have the kind of impact that they know they're trying to have with it, and I think that unless we can talk about how professional learning is the solution to the problems that people face immediately, the problem they have right at hand today, then it always becomes something on that list of very important but not urgent. That's a great word, solution. It's a solution. Right. And it's, and it's a solution to long-term improvement, and it's a solution to long-term, you know, sustainable, uh, and 
I don't want to keep continuing to use the word change, so I'm hunting for a different word. But the kinds of practices mm -hmm. and the results that we want to see in school, the only way we'll get there is through transformative professional learning, which means that the work that we do and as we know it today will be transformed, will look very different. And that professional learning will be a seamless part of everyone's work. You know, when I've been digging into the standards, it feels like the one on learning design is critical to see the many, many ways to implement any change in our buildings or in our districts or even in our state. I'm wondering if maybe a better understanding of that standard might help people get across the bridge to their new learning. There is more than one way to get to Denver, as we like to say. You know, I wonder about that as well, but there's part of me that thinks people see learning designs as how do I organize learning so it's more engaging, engaging. And what are all the different strategies I can use to enlist um, the commitment of the adult learner? Mm -hmm. And they, they look for the activity before they really get clear on the outcome and then choose the activity that will truly lead mm -hmm. to the outcome. So we may get better at designing, engaging lessons for adults, just like we get better at designing engaging lessons for students, but we don't necessarily get to the results that we had intended because we're not aligning those two together. That's really true. There was an article last year, Learning Forward, published in Tools for Learning Schools, I remember. I think it was called The Why, How, and What of Professional Learning. And it was written by Lois Brown Easton. She looked at it differently than what we've done before and always put the why first. The why comes before the how and the what. Sometimes we don't know the why we are doing something, so we are not clear about that. Well, exactly. And, and just the whole notion of backwards mapping. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the hardest part of planning professional learning is, okay, we've got data in front of us. We know where our students need to improve. So it's the leap between the data and what are the knowledge and skills educators need to be able to address that gap. And there's not a lot of resources out there to help you close that gap mm -hmm. to, to help you identify specifically what do I need to know and then how will I learn it. So it's really what do I need to know and am I willing to admit I don't know it. Now there's another part of that process which I think is becoming with new forms of data there's another part that I think is going to be really helpful to us. So. When we look at the gap and when we say here are students, you know, here is where our students are struggling, but wait, in the classroom 4B, the students aren't struggling on those indicators. So 
who's teaching in classroom 4B, and can you now teach the rest of us what you did to ensure your students were successful on those outcomes? So better data systems are going to give us access to that kind of information so that we don't have to look for expertise, be, always look for expertise beyond the school, or we don't have to then ask the question, so what, uh, what strategies, what research is available to help us address this goal, this need, because we now have determined that somebody in the team has the expertise and they can pass it among the team and coaches in being able to implement it. So I think that's the power of data and how we use data and making data more transparent, making data less threatening, making it about student learning, mm -hmm. not about teacher perform measuring teacher performance. All right. But that's all about that gap that you were, mm -hmm. I mean, all about that challenge you were talking about. In the outcome standard, the word coherence is so important. It, this was new learning for me. I didn't exactly know what that meant until I dug into it. One, of the, one size just doesn't fit all. We have to build on each other's learning where teachers are. So as you said, so that the teacher in 4B knows something and the teacher in 4A knows something differently. So how do we as leaders, how do we meet everyone's needs in learning? You know, and that is another huge challenge. So, you know, going back to the question about what are some of the fundamental beliefs and how we honor adults as individuals and give adults space for gaining knowledge and skills in ways that make the most sense for them. And on the other hand, how do we ensure coherence and alignment across the system? So I like to say, can we tell a story? If we start from the individual teacher and we go all the way up to the system and a system vision and mission, can we tell a story about how a teacher's professional learning is leading us there? And can we also tell a really coherent story from the system angle and all the way out to all the teachers in classrooms who are working with students on a daily basis? Does the story connect? Mm -hmm. And do the chapter titles make sense? And can we see how everything that we're doing is still focused on, you know, today hopefully helping every student be career and college ready by the time they graduate, right. but breaking that down to other goals at school level and and team level and then individual classroom level. And also make that connection of how do the teachers learn? What does a professional learning community look like? What happens? And what skills do we want to have to have these dialogues and these great conversations around the data? That takes time, doesn't it? Right. And, you know, some of the other challenges that we face right now that probably, you know, are also related to some of our fundamental beliefs about uh, schooling and about professional learning. Just take the idea of collective responsibility and collective impact. And do teachers in our schools, do educators in all of our schools really believe that they share collective responsibility for the success of all students? And when you unpack that, 
if I believe that, then what does that require of me as a professional? And, you know, it requires things like my door is always open. My work is very public. Um, I share my successes and my failures. I want everybody on the team to be successful. I want, I will take some of your students if I'm having greater success with certain kinds of students around certain kinds of issues, that I'm going to be flexible and believe in grouping and regrouping mm -hmm. because all the students are mine. And lots of our teachers did not come through preparation programs that taught that idea, that instilled that belief. And some of our policies contradict that belief. Mm -hmm. And so, um, if we want truly high-functioning professional learning communities, then we really need to dig down and talk about the beliefs that underlie a really effective learning community. Do we believe that uh, learning is in an intentional part of the process and that learning precedes action? I think that's a really challenging um, belief because I think a lot of learning communities are structured around combining collective wisdom, trying what makes sense to us, and then talking about results that we get versus some intentional learning and scanning of research and best practices and seeing it in action before we actually use it on mm -hmm. our students. So I think, you know, that's another example of a belief that can a conversation around a belief or a principle that can help a learning team get clearer about how it's going to work together. So talking oh, about beliefs at that level. It really is a prerequisite for learning. It really is collective responsibility. I've always loved Roland Barr's example of learning communities, especially his last one where he says, we root for each other's success. Right, right. Whatever we are working on in this team, we want everyone to be successful. Everyone is each other's cheerleader. He talks also that we watch each other in our classrooms. We share each other's data. We share our craft and knowledge with each other. And then finally, we root for each other. Come on, we can all do this. It really makes that come alive, doesn't it? So how do we get across that bridge of creating trust and collective responsibility at the building level? I love that story you shared from the teacher to the central office and from the central office to the teacher. What is the story? When you've seen districts do this, what are some of the key components of those districts that make happen? Well, you know the first one, great leadership. <laughs> yes. Visionary leadership, compelling vision, you know, uh, this is what we're going to do at all costs. Uh, somebody who roots for students um, and also roots for teachers. And I think, um, I mean, that's key, but how we do that, I think that's the work of people who understand that professional learning is the pathway to building trust and using 
what we know about effective professional learning, just something as simple as how we build and establish norms and live according to norms. Mm -hmm. You know, we take it for granted because we've been in this field for many, many years, and we just assume everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. And yet, how that can transform a conversation, what we know about the distinction between a dialogue and a discussion. Mm -hmm. So many of the foundational tools are not being passed on to people who are put in leadership roles. I think there's, um, we have to remember that the turnover in education now for a lot of people can be three to five years and they're on to a new career. Or they're three to five years and they're all of a sudden in a leadership position mm -hmm. and they've never had the opportunity to acquire the foundational knowledge. And, and I think to some degree we have been reluctant to say there is foundational knowledge in our field and that we can be helpful to you in starting out, you know, on a positive foot. So kind of digressed there. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to respond to your question with the idea that we have to invest in the leaders in schools. And I think the, the trim tap for us is the school leadership team. I don't think successful principals do it alone. I think they engage uh, teachers around them who are equally committed to the vision and mission of the school. And I think our work has to be about giving those leaders the knowledge and skills they need to transform learning for the adults and for students in their schools. That is a big challenge, isn't it? If our listeners want to know where they can get more information about this type of transformational learning, what would you recommend? I know you've just written a new book. You might share that. Well, that's one idea of the playbook is an idea of how to look at a problem through the lens of the standards. So that was, you know, when we go back to the beginning of our conversation where we said when people see standards or they see professional learning as a solution and the standards helping them craft the solution, then standards-based professional learning becomes part of the work we do every day. That we see a problem and we think, okay, so what's the professional learning solution to this problem? That's how I want people to respond to problems. And what, how do the standards help me craft that solution? Um, when they're looking for up-to-date new, other new great resources to assist them with the immediate problems at hand, and I would say the immediate, not problem, but challenge all educators are facing, is just implementing all the changes that are being asked of them at this time. If they're in a state that's adopting Common Core or College Ready Standards, if they're in a state that's about to implement new student assessments, if they're introducing new science or social studies standards. Seems like you can't go anywhere today where people aren't trying to implement something new. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the project that we started two years ago in, in partnership with the Kentucky Department of Ed and the Council of Key State School Officers which was funded by the Gates Foundation, the MetLife Foundation, the Sandler Foundation, resulted in about 15 really powerful resources for educators to implement what we're talking about, transformative professional learning. And it's 
They're all available free, which I'm really proud of. And they're on our website. And I hope that from your website, you link to the Common Core section of our website. So mm -hmm. folks who are going to Sticky Standards can go directly to the Common Core section of our website and just look at all of the resources that are there. If I'm a principal, what do I need to be thinking about when it comes to implementing transformative professional learning? If I'm a school leadership team, what do I need to do? If I'm looking for an implementation map, can I find it there? Absolutely. Yes, and I think maybe another example would be the work that you've done in Kentucky, the transformational or professional learning, which is we're also working on here in Kansas. The Learning Forward is working with the Learning Forward Kansas and our State Department and the Wichita Public Schools. There are some great resources that we can share with our listeners that are coming out of that work also. Oh, absolutely. And I know this summer you all are convening. Yes. And you're one of, I'm trying to think of how many states have a three-way partnership. I think it's five or six right mm -hmm. now. But there's, I think... Oh, I'm trying to think. I can't remember how many people are at a level three, but I, I have no doubt that as a result of the experience this summer that you all will walk away and you'll be adding to the wealth of learning and resources that people will have to continue to do this important work. So we'll probably see new things on your website, Dana. That's right. We will. Yes, we will. We absolutely will. This has been a joy. Any final thoughts or reflections you want to share with our listeners, Stephanie? Well, even though we talked about the importance of the school leadership team, you know, I have always been an advocate for the power of one. And it really just takes one monomaniac with a mission <laughs> who's clear about their beliefs and their principles and fights for um, decisions that impact effective professional learning every day. And those are the stories that keep us going. Those are the stories that keep us going. Thank you. This has been a joy and a pleasure for me. Thank you so very much for being on Sticky Standards. Thanks, Dana. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.